Welcome to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa. We have finally reached the start of the football season. The National Football League kicks off Thursday night in Los Angeles. The full slate of NFL games Sunday, 9-11. Can't wait. You combine that with the full-fledged start of the college football season, which occurred Labor Day weekend, and it is football frenzy from now until January 1. And my favorite time of the year. I know many of you out there, the church is your favorite time of the year. There's some opportunities to gamble. There's opportunities for fantasy football. So much fun, whether it's supporting your college team, your pro team, both, traveling to games, tailgating. Just such a great time of the year for a sports fan. We've got a lot of stuff going on in the sports world this week we're going to hit on. Got the U.S. Open getting to the nut crunching time in Flushing Meadow. We're again, we're going to talk a little college football. We're going to have former head coach Jim Levitt, former University of South Florida head coach Jim Levitt, is going to do a spot with us called the Coach and the Kicker. We're going to talk about uh, the Florida State LSU wild finish in New Orleans on Sunday night. We're going to break down that. I'm also going to give you some NFL division winners. Before we get to Coach Levitt, we're also going to hit the AFC and NFC South preview with Peter Blake, the host of the Sports Web. If you haven't uh, seen our other previews and our other prior episodes, go back and check out our prior episodes. We do division previews on all eight divisions of the National Football League. You'll really enjoy it. we got some great guests break, breaking it down. So if, you, if you're interested in breaking down your team and what division, go check us out. Previous editions of the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Got a good, got a great announcement to make. We brought on several sponsors as we head into the fall football season. This podcast, as well as the Florida Football Insiders podcast that I host, as well as the No Quarter Given podcast, which is all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I host, is all are all going to be presented by Beefo Brady's here in Tampa. The Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue location. Also, Hank's Barbecue, which is Northdale Mabry in the Carrollwood area, as well as Home Slice Pizza, which is at the same location right next to Beefs on Bush and Himes. Want to give a big shout out to TJ Maloof, who uh, organizes and runs those operations for jumping aboard the Powers on Sports podcast, Florida Football Insiders, as well as No Quarter Given with their support of our of what we're doing. Also want to uh, give a shout out to Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as led by Todd Tedesco. Uh, he, he's also joining us as a sponsor this year. They are located in Tampa off of uh, Dale Mabry and Gun Highway. And Star Alvarado, she's a realtor in the Tampa Bay area. She's also joining the podcast as a sponsor as well. So uh, if you need any real estate needs, buying and selling your home, reach out to Star and you'll hear some commercials in the podcast, all three podcasts related to those uh, sponsors. So again, we really appreciate the sponsors. If you're if you're listening to this and you'd love to get aboard and join us as a sponsor, reach out to me on Twitter at JPostSports. Love to help you out, uh, especially, again, if you're in the Bay Area or even, in, even if you're anywhere around the country, you can Help your online marketing, uh, your, your online sales. If you sell products that are that are can be sold nationally, we'd love to get involved with you. We've got listeners from all over the country and all over the world um, that listen to the podcast. So 
I'd uh, love to have you join us, a part of what we're doing. Also, my YouTube channel, which gets a lot of views, Jason Powers Sports Channel on YouTube. You can see all of our video interviews that we do on all the podcasts. I get I post them there as well. So lots of options to find us and promote your business. Again, reach out to me at Sports on Twitter if you're interested. Love to have you jump aboard. So we're gonna again, we're going to get to Coach Jim Levin here in just a couple of minutes. I want to give you a couple thoughts. First on the college football weekend that just passed. Again, we're going to get in depth on the LSU Florida State game that that had a wild ending. We also had a wild ending in, in Gainesville Saturday night between Utah Florida with a with a slight upset in Billy Napier's first game. How good did Georgia look derailing and and just running Oregon out of the gym in Atlanta? Stetson Bennett played terrific. That defense picked up right where they left off last year. But I was really impressed with the offense. They scored on their f- touchdowns on their first seven possessions of the game and just rolled Oregon 49-3. So to me, you have to put them number one after one week. Alabama, pr- impressive. Alabama's going go to go to Texas this week. So there's going to be an interesting game there. But uh, Georgia through one week is definitely the most uh, dominant team so far. Can we not anoint C.J. Stroud as the Heisman Trophy winner yet and take him out of the Hall of Fame just quite yet? Give Notre Dame credit. They played really well on defense. Just not enough offense for Marcus Freeman to go into Columbus. They lose a 21-10 game. Not a very good performance for C.J. Stroud in the Ohio State offense. I would expect them to, to obviously get better as we move forward. But again, everybody had C.J. Stroud winning the Heisman, this and that. Not a good start for C.J. Stroud where Bryce Young, defending champion of the Heisman Trophy, off to a terrific start where they crushed Utah State. But we'll get a good, better barometer of Alabama and Bryce Young this week as they go to Austin to see Sarkeesian. Good start for Lincoln Riley out in USC. And again, a good start for Billy Napier here in the state of Florida in Gainesville with an with a, with a upset of Utah. So give them credit. But uh, did you see Iowa? Iowa scores seven points against South Dakota State. Yeah, that's pitiful enough, but the way they scored seven was was incredible. A field goal and two safeties, and they win the game 7-3 over South Dakota State. I mentioned in my Big Ten preview uh, back a couple of weeks back, I think this is this might be the you know the the, the Kirk Ferentz staleness factor is starting to set in with me in Iowa City. I just think he's been there forever. You know, they're always they're always got a good defense, but their offense always labors to score points. And now, you know, when you score seven points, kick a field goal and have two safeties against South Dakota State, that is not a great start uh, leading into the, uh, you know, the, the beginning of this college football season. So that's a tough one to absorb there. So, there's some college football thoughts for you. Again, there's a couple uh, decent games this week. we got, again, Texas and Alabama from, from Austin on Saturday early. Then you got Kentucky-Florida SEC battle. you got a couple SEC games this week. So there'll be some college action for you. National Football League, again, kicks off Thursday night. Buffalo-Los Angeles from SoFi. Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford. I worry a little bit about Stafford's elbow, not necessarily this week, but as we move throughout the year. Everybody's got Buffalo going to the Super Bowl. Everybody's got Josh Allen winning MVP. Slow down a little bit, people. 
They're going to be really good. I get it, but let's let, let's make sure he prove. Let's make them prove it, and let's make them earn it. If you're if you're uh, Buffalo, a lot of expectations for Buffalo. Obviously, they lose last year in Kansas City, the disastrous end of that game by McDermott, uh, the last 13 seconds there. But uh, again, great kickoff game there. A lot of good games on Sunday, highlighted by the Bucks and Cowboys Sunday night. You got Russell Wilson going back to Seattle on Monday night, which will be very interesting. You got Green Bay, Minnesota, which is a good game. The Raiders and the Chargers, really good game. KC, Arizona, a sneaky good game as well. So, And then you obviously have Cleveland going to Carolina for the Baker Mayfield reunion. So, that again, there'll be some interesting games there. Um, the Steelers decide on Mitch Trubisky finally. Not not a huge surprise, but they finally Mike Tomlin finally announces that on Tuesday. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. No contract as of this recording for Lamar Jackson. He is apparently going to bet on himself again. They still have a few more days to potentially make a deal here, but uh, Jackson is willing to roll the dice on himself this year, which I give him credit for. Um, again, he ain't getting two hundred thirty million dollars that they gave to Sean Watson. You saw that with the Russell Wilson extension. The guaranteed money was way less, around $170 million. No way in the world I'm giving Lamar Jackson a guaranteed contract worth five years for $250 million. No way. has nothing to do with his ability, but I'm not giving $250 million guaranteed to anybody. Um, just That's just the way it is. There's too many things that can happen for a $250 million investment to go bad. And again, you're seeing some of that with Deshaun Watson. He's suspended until week 13. So Jacoby Brissett will get the start there. Um, so yeah, it'd be we'll, we'll, it'd be very interesting to see. A couple of I'm going to give you a couple of things that I like on the Sunday docket. I like Tampa on Sunday night minus one and a half or two. I think the Bucks offense is going to be good enough. The defense is going to be really good. And I just don't think Dallas has enough offensive weapons. No left tackle right now. So I'll, I'll take Tampa Sunday night. And if I also like a teaser. I like the Ravens, tease the Ravens down to minus one and combine them with the Indianapolis Colts going to Houston. Both are road teams, which makes you a little nervous, but Indy's playing Houston, first game of Matt Ryan. I like Indianapolis to come out strong, tease down Indianapolis, tease down Buff Baltimore, pair them together. Two-team teaser is what I, something I really like on Sunday as well. So there's a couple picks for you. Again, uh, reach out uh, on Twitter, Sports. If you have any comments, love to hear from you. And again, coming up, uh, one more thing before we get to Jim Levitt. The U.S. Open, the Serena Swan Song, uh, an electric moment Friday night. She lost in the third round, fought off several match points. Remember, she beat the number two seed on Wednesday, so a little disappointing that she loses on Friday after beating the number two seed Wednesday. She had a chance to serve out the first set and didn't, didn't do it. She goes out, career likely over. Uh, and the men's side, Rafael Nadal gets beat by the American Francis Tiafo on Labor Day. An emphatic performance by Tiafo knocks out Nadal. Medvedev gets beat. Kyrgios is playing right now as we're recording this. He was down a set last time I checked. So again, if you're the U.S. Open, you want Kyrgios in the final. And you probably want maybe either a Tiafo or an Alcaraz on the other side to get to the final for some TV ratings on Sunday afternoon on the women's side. You've had Carnage in the women's draw as well. you got a couple of Americans still still left. Danielle Collins, Pagula, which by the way, Pagula is the daughter of the Buffalo Bills owner 
uh, the Pagulas who own the Bills and the Sabres, their daughter is the girl Jessica Pagula, who's a top 10, 12, 15 player in the world and still alive at the U.S. Open. So um, lots of drama there. So again, um, again, no Serena, no Nadal, no Medvedev. You'll probably have a pretty wide open U.S. Open as we wrap up the weekend. So there you have it. Again, Peter Blake's coming up after Coach Levitt. Coach Levitt's going to talk Florida State, LSU. We're going to talk the coaching strategy. Should Brian Kelly have gone for two? Lots of topics in that game to talk about, special team stuff. And again, check out the Florida Football Insiders podcast if you're a Florida college football fan. Any all teams in the state of Florida. Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. I do the No Quarter Given podcast with Peter Blake. Every week we preview the Buccaneers. We talk to legends and all that good stuff. Buckpower.com is a great place to go find history on the Buccaneers. But again, enjoy the Powers on Sports podcast. You're going to love Coach Levitt. Coach Levitt's going to be a regular here on the Powers on Sports podcast throughout the football season. And again, thanks to TJ Maloof with Beefo Brady's Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue here in Tampa for their sponsorship and support. Hank's Barbecue as well as Home Slice Pizza Company as well as Print and Marketing Solutions with my guy Todd Tedesco and my realtor, Star Alvarado, if you have any realtor needs to buy or sell your home anywhere in the Tampa Bay area, Star would be a great realtor to help you do that. So enjoy the podcast. Enjoy Coach Levitt. And we will be back in just a moment. All right, welcome in to the Coach and the Kicker segment, the week <laughs> one of edition. No more week zero, Coach. We're all in with week one. Everybody's been on the field. And boy, did we have some wild finishes here in the state of Florida, Coach. Have a good. How was your weekend, Coach? Uh, it's it's uh, it's good and uh, happy uh, Labor Day to you and everybody else out there. Uh, we right. live in a great country. We're very fortunate. That's right. That's right. This is probably one of the few Labor Days you haven't had to work, Coach, over the years. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It's it's probably been, oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe forty years, something like that, and counting. It's been a long time. There you go. Speaking of that, I want to, before we get to the games on the field, which we got some wild ones to talk about from, from New Orleans to Gainesville to Tampa here and all around the state. So talk to me about, I, I was doing a little research on you. I did not, for some reason, I did not realize you were from the Tampa Bay area. You were a, oh. you were a star player at Dixie Holland High School <laughs> or in St. Pete. I had uh, no idea. I don't know if that's all true. I was a quarterback at uh, Dixie Hollins High School and was getting recruited by everybody. And then uh, we played Sarasota Riverview, and I threw four interceptions and <laughs> got letters from nobody. Everybody said good luck. <laughs> so so it wasn't surprising when I went to Missouri that they moved me to safety right away. <laughs> now, uh, you got, did you guys run a kind of an option offense back in the day? Uh, it was kind of a, a run and shoot where I really? just kind of sprinted out and I either ran or I shot the ball out there somewhere. You know, hopefully the right team. Obviously, in Riverview game, it wasn't. <laughs> how did you end up going? I mean, honestly, how did you end up making the decision to go to Missouri as opposed to other places? Well, you know, I, like I said, I was – a lot of people were recruiting me. And then and when that happened, a lot of teams fell off. And the state of Florida wasn't recruited like it is, you know, like the last number of years, certainly. And – uh I had an offer to go to Dartmouth and okay. Naval Academy. And okay. there's going to be George Welsh was a head coach at Naval Academy. And I thought about that. My brother went to Air Force Academy, but I just, um, 
you know, when Missouri, I didn't know Missouri was in the big eight in those yeah. days. And, uh, you know, it was, I wanted to go to the very best school I could. So that's where I went. George Welch, if you, fans out there don't remember, George Welch had a great career at Navy. Then he went on to Virginia and had a really good coaching career at Virginia. If you're, I actually was just watching a documentary the other day about the, uh, the 1990 Virginia and Georgia Tech when they were both number one and two in the country vying for a national championship. So George Welch, that was the, uh, he's a very, very good football coach. All right, let's get onto the field. We had some wild, wild finishes. No wilder than last night in New Orleans, Florida State 24, LSU 23. You know, LSU, Florida State, give them credit. They played really well for about 50, 58 minutes of that game. And then the last two minutes got super crazy and super wild. Let's start at the end there. What is what is Mike Norvell thinking on the one-yard line to run a, to, a, a toss play as opposed to a handoff or a quarterback draw or something where there's where you eliminate the probability of a mishandled ball like that. Well, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're not thinking about those things, you know, and uh, the pitch was, I, I, if I, you know, I saw the play, I'd have to go back and look at it again that just got through the hands of the running back and, or he got it and got in there and fumbled the ball, gave, um, gave LSU a chance. Uh, no question, because the game could have been over there. And then what a great job LSU did. You know, the quarterback, And when I was at Oregon, I recruited that quarterback. Yeah. He, a, a really good guy. I really liked him. I liked him a lot. He's from Vegas area. And I didn't even realize he had transferred to LSU from Arizona State. Jayden and, of course, Dan I know Jayden Herm Daniels. Edwards really yep. well. And Jaden Daniels. Yeah. And uh, what a great job they did with very little time going all the way down yep. the field uh you know to to score and then to have the extra point blocked you know it was a uh i think it was a tight end or the whoever they use as that wing uh on the left side of the extra point team those guys are are taught to take two they're supposed to stab hard with their inside hand make sure there's no penetration inside right and then then you know step out real hard to try to get something on the hip of the outside rusher thinking that the outside rusher's angle is too wide to be able to get to the block point. Right. But what happened was either probably the left tackle didn't get thick and wide enough, you know, to, to, you know, have a smaller space there. And certainly the wing or whoever they use that wing, usually a tight end, uh, didn't get inside hand uh, on that, uh, on that uh, defender. And he got through the crease and, and blocked the, blocked the kick. And that wasn't just the first one. That was the second block kick. They had a field goal blocked earlier in the game. Almost, I won't say, I don't, I think it was the same part of the for, of the formation, the left tackle, left, you know, the wing guy, left tackle, where it was blocked from the, on the first short field goal earlier in the game. And if Kelly, and Kelly said after the game that he had made a personnel change and replaced the left tackle and the same situation happens the second time. Yeah, it's always hard. That, that little area is pretty hard. A lot of people, you know, if they if they strengthen that area, you know, everybody that's why everybody tries to put three people on the guard and try to get push, you know, up inside. But they did a great job, and uh, the special team coordinator for Florida State uh, deserves some credit. Yeah, uh, for seeing that being vulnerable, even though it's the first game and they don't have LSU film. Uh, I don't know. It, it, they uh, they did a good job there, and then LSU also dropped two punts. That was the exact, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, 
that's – I mean, the, the whole game was a special – I mean, Florida State missed a field goal. You dropped the two punts with the with the young kid back there. Do you – how much – I know you want to have a confidence in a kid, but when the kid drops the first punt earlier in the game, is it just an automatic to put that kid back there a second time and keep him back there, especially in that kind of moment <clears throat> late in the game? You know, you um, – I don't know because, you know, sometimes I've I've been in that same situation – and I've kept the guy in there and gotten burned and I've also replaced him. But I always, you know, the, you always want a guy that can break it all the way, but uh, you don't ever give up. You always want to make sure the, the yeah, whoever you have back there is going to catch the ball. That was always my deal. I, I went for that more than the guy that could maybe break the, the big play, but you know, you hope a guy can do both, but you know, that was, that was tough. And of course that, young guy's going to have to, you know, just rise back up and right. you know, hopefully he'll be a great player and, and do better, you know, but <clears throat> tough decision, you know, about, uh, you know, for the coaches, obviously they wish they probably would have replaced him because it cost him. I mean, yeah. What were what, your thoughts about Brian Kelly potentially going for two instead of kicking it? What with, you have all the momentum in the world. Do you, do you, do you seriously consider going for two when you score on the last play of the game? Or is it a, in in your mind, a no brainer to kick the extra point? Uh, kick the extra point. I yep. would have, I, I'd extend yep. the game. Yeah. You know, you're really, you, you're really in your home area. You've got all the fan support, right? You've got momentum because you just drove the ball 90 something yards all the way down the field. Uh, there's no question. I would have, I would have kicked the extra point as well. Yep. Yep. Okay. Special teams. Do you see a yeah. lot of, we saw a lot of special teams errors all over the country this weekend. Is it just a I won't say neglect, but is it just a not spending enough time on it? You've you've coached a lot of special teams. Is it just execution or is it a combination of both? Well, it's all of it. You know, it's interesting. We talked about last week about who has the advantage on playing a game or not. Yeah. And I said to Florida State, I didn't know what kind of advantage that really was because you know, they didn't play a, a very good opponent, uh, but LSU had no game. Right. And the one thing that uh, Florida State, at least they were, they were able to get out and get their special teams uh, in a game situation, uh, they were able to have a game under their belt and have film and, you know, those kind of things, you know, uh, people would probably say, and the coaches at Florida State would probably say, yes, it helped us playing a game, even though it wasn't a team that was even close to what LSU is. So, right, right. Um, but the special teams is a big deal. It's, you know, they practice it. I know Brian Kelly, I've faced him when he was head coach at Cincinnati. I know him well, uh, tremendous coach. And I know that he was very thorough. I know that they worked extremely hard in practice on the special teams. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, it wasn't, you know, but, Game day is different. You're right. Game day is absolutely different than practice. You know, and you you find out who can really play uh, when the game's on the line, when the lights come on, and some guys rise those occasions, some guys don't. Do you guys typically, in practice especially, I know you don't do a whole lot of live stuff. Do you do live special teams, field goal block, that kind of stuff, especially as you get closer to that first game? Do you do that stuff Uh, live, or is it more just a kind of thud, thud situation? Well, I always went live uh, a few times, but you do worry about getting somebody hurt. Right. You know, and that that's a big deal. So, usually I went live for a few snaps, but not a ton. It's not certainly not going to be like 
game day and certainly not going to be like Florida State, LSU, those type of opponents. Right. Um, you know, so you always get worried about that in your first game. You, you always are concerned about that. Uh, but you try to do you try to do as much live work till you feel confident that you'll get it done during the during the game. I mean, you had East Carolina, you had East Carolina NC State where the kid missed an extra point with under two minutes to go. Then he misses a game-winning 40-yard field goal, which prevented a huge upset for East Carolina. You had some punting issues in other places. I mean, you know, the F USF runs a kickoff back for a touchdown in their game. I mean, but there's just you know, special teams. I've said it. I work with kids here in the Tampa Bay area, kickers and punters. It's the most undercoached position in, in both college and high school football from a time perspective. And it's not your fault. You guys have time limitations. You can only do, you only have so much time to do it. It's just, it's, it's, to me, it's one of the, it's the most undercoached part of the game that matters so much. Well, that's why I I ran the special teams last five years, you know, when I was head coach in South Florida, Uh, just because I wanted to pay attention to it, make sure it was, was covered well. Uh, You know, so yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that happen. I was fortunate I had the Gramatica brothers, you know, I had Bill right. and Santiago. I recruited Martin, you know, to Kansas State. So that, that you know, developed a relationship with the family. And then I had Mike Conbonani and, uh, you know, was really hard because Mike Conbonani was working at Bush Gardens my last year in South Florida. And he got hurt, hurt his back. Wow. And I had tryouts for kickers. And it eventually really cost us. Last game of the year when we played UConn uh, in the snow, I had a kicker that just he couldn't kick. And <laughs> it's a long story, but <laughs> it, it, the kickers are important uh, to have those guys and have have awfully good ones there. And also the protection for those kickers to have confidence. Right, right. All right, let's get to Jordan Travis. Quarterback Florida State played really well, especially on third down. They were 11 of 17 on third down. He made some big throws, made some plays with his feet. What'd you, what'd, you, what'd you see out of Travis that impressed you? Well, I thought he managed the game very well. Yep. And he didn't make a lot of mistakes, and he handled the offense, and he knew the offense well. <clears throat> and uh, that, uh, you know, I was more impressed with him than I thought I would be. Right. You know, I didn't know if he was, you know, somebody that could take you to the promised land. You know what I mean? It's, uh, But he, he, he managed the game. He did what he was asked to do. He didn't – he used his – his personnel well. Yep. I thought the uh, the 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 plays that were called were uh, were done well. Thought the offense coordinator did a good job, and um, I was impressed, especially towards the end of the game when they drove it all the way down there. You know, yep. people are going to talk about the pitch play, but you know, I don't know. They, they you know, it was just kind of a toss <clears throat> to the perimeter, but uh, but I thought a lot of the play calling during that drive was 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 really good, and I thought he did a good job. How much is the head coach? Is it would that would that pitch play would that been a situation potentially when you hear that play call come in from the one the situation they were in one yard line they had the lead Ellis the only way you can lose that game is by turning it over is that a situation where you might as the head coach say hey we're not pitching it here call another play hand it off or do something where you're not pitching it uh, probably not <clears throat> if it was inside the one if it was like two inches or three inches I. You know, I would have told him definitely go, you know, quarterback snake. It just don't right. do something like that. But probably not. You, you you trust your offensive coordinator. Okay. And, um, you know, you, you give him a lot of responsibility. And, you know, you just – you have to trust that. 
Is that is it, it, Florida State escaped? You could see that. You could see the relief on Coach Norvell's face post game that he realized he got away with one last night. As far as the way that game ended, do you think this is a catapult for Florida State? You know, they got a week off. They got Louisville. Is this a catapult kind of game? It's a it's a big game. You had to win the game. He needed a win like this. How do you think this win accentuates Florida State season? Well, the bottom line is you win. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really. <laughs> You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you guys don't care do as long it. as you got as as one more win. point. All right. As long as you win the game and the confidence right. to go into New Orleans. Right. Into LSU's backyard. Baton Rouge is right there. Um, and to and to win that game. And what they're gonna point to is that it shouldn't even come down to that. We really dominated the game. They did. You know, they they score on that one when they're right down there, shoot us Notre Dame's not gonna probably come back and get that game. Right. Um so, yeah, it's going to be huge for those players. And they're going to practice that much harder. They're going to practice with that much more focus. They're going to – it's going to bring them together. That I mean, wins – at the end of the day, you win. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's going to – it's huge for Florida State. It's, it's certainly going to help them in a, in a great way. I got gotcha. you. Hey, fans, with the college football and NFL season now underway, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have for all of our shows on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. You'll receive 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in, get an additional $125 to play with. $200 initially deposited, get you $250, and so on and so forth. BetUS has all the NFL, Major League Baseball postseason, NBA, and almost any sport you can think of. But we know you are college football fans at heart, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check us out at BetUS.com, and remember our 125% match bonus for initial signups with our code COAST22. Bet US, you bet, you win, you get paid. Are you ready to profit this NFL and college football season? Do you need picks to profit with your sports gambling outlet? Reach out to Picks to Profit at 813-542-7559. One flat monthly fee of $100, no more, no less. You will receive six picks every week of the college football and NFL season. Point spreads, totals, Prop plays, teasers, maybe even a parlay. You'll get all six picks emailed and texted straight to your mobile device on game day. Let us do the work while you profit. Picks to profit, 813-542-7559. College football fans, we know that with the season cranked back up, you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices. Take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. Ticket Smarter is partnering with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official resale ticket marketplace. They have also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those listening 
to all of our podcasts on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off your order of $100 or more. And that code isn't just a one-time use. No, you can use that code as many times during the college football season as you'd like. Check out the selections, pricing now with Ticket Smarter, and remember our code GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast presented by Beefo Brady's corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa, as well as Hank's Barbecue and the Home Slice Pizza Company. I want to give a big shout out to our uh, sponsors that have just jumped aboard the Powers on Sports podcast. You'll also hear them as part of our Florida Football Insiders podcast, and as well as they're sponsoring our No Quarter Given podcast that are all things Bucks. But I want to thank TJ Maloof and his his crew for sponsoring the podcast this year. And again, Mr. Peter Blake, we're bringing Peter Blake in to welcome Peter. Peter's the host of the Sports Web, covers USF football. We are going to, he's my tag team partner on the No Quarter Given podcast. We are talking all things AFC and NFC South. Welcome back, Mr. Blake. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Get a smile on that face now. Get a smile on that face. I want an A-plus a plus performance. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Game just, week. It's game yeah. week. The preseason's over, man. I know. I know. I know. Just don't tell my tech that. That's <laughs> Or my, my dog that. It's okay. We want to hear. We, we don't mind a dog bark in the background every once in a while. All right. Let's talk all things AFC, NFC, South. If you've not been, if you've not been listening throughout the summer, we've been doing previews of all the divisions. Uh, we've done all all six divisions so far. The last two are right now. Week one, National Football League is here. How excited are you, Mr. Blake, for NFL? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I think we've been talking about it all month long, all year long. It seems like this whole off season has been one of the craziest off seasons we had in recent memory with just locally here, Tom Brady retiring, then unretiring, then BA retiring, and then all the moves and free agency, all the trades. So it's been amazing. So I'm definitely looking forward to it, especially here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're kicking off Thursday night, Buffalo and the Rams. The coronation for the Rams out in L.A., a huge matchup. Uh, Allen versus Stafford and company. You got McDermott and McVay. You're going to have a great uh, opening night on NBC. Collinsworth and Mike Tirico now taking over for Al Michaels, who's now in the booth with Kirk Herbstreit with Amazon. Lots right. of broadcasts with Troy Aikman and Buck now at ESPN. So a whirlwind of broadcasting moves as well this offseason. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, all this broadcasting change isn't going to bring any ratings. That's what they're hoping to do. And lots of money being uh, dolled out, if you will. And that starts with Tom Brady, $375 million contract when he's uh, ready to retire, if he ever retires at this point for Fox Sports. But you're exactly right. It's going to be really interesting this year to see how these broadcasting teams work out. All right, let's go. Let's get to the NFC South. Let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Win mm-hmm. the division last year, 13-4. and four. Obviously, Todd Bowles now takes over for the retired Bruce Arians, who's now up in the front office. A couple moves they made in the offseason. They bring in Shaq Barrett via trade. They signed Russell Gage, re-signed Godwin, re-signed Carlton Davis, re-signed Jensen, who's now hurt for the foreseeable future. They lose Alex Kappa to the Bengals. Gronk retires. Uh, those are the big moves draft-wise. 
No, no first-round pick, but they do draft Luke Gedeke, who's probably going to start at left guard for them. Rookie, they bring in a couple other guys, some tight end help. Biggest question with the Buccaneers, and you and I have discussed this all summer, the middle of that offensive line, the center position now that Robert Hainsey's having to play for the injured Ryan Jensen, no Marpet, no Kappa. What are your thoughts on Hainsey and Gedeke and possibly Nick Leverett, man in that middle of that offensive line? It's definitely probably the biggest question mark. On top of that, you lose Rob Gronkowski. So what's the impact on the offense with that? Then is Chris Godwin going to be 100%? Is Mike Evans going to be 100%? What are you going to get out of Julio Jones? So plenty of questions offensively. And then you go to the defensive side, if you will. Jamel Dean is going to be the starter over Sean Murphy Bunting. Can this defense overall stay healthy? If they can, I think they're going to be improved. Of course, it always goes back to Tom Brady. Tom Brady can make a mediocre offensive line, if you will, or uh, average offensive line look great with his decision-making. And anytime you got him, you got an opportunity to go a long way. So we shall see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do in 2022. Yep, this is year four of the Todd Bowles system. So it'll be interesting to see how these guys, especially this defensive secondary, that's the that's the part of the defense I'm, I want to see make the biggest jump. Dean, Murphy Bunning, Carlton Davis paid big money for Winfield. You, you, you're going to have Logan Ryan back there, a free agent. I want to see this part of the roster elevate and be exceptional because I think you got to, uh, you're still going to have a good front four. You're bringing Akeem Hicks to team up with Vita Vea. You got Barrett, you got uh, Tryon Shoyinka, great linebacker. I want to see the DBs make more plays on the ball. To me, that's the area on defense that you got to see the most improvement. Yeah, definitely defensively. And again, it goes back to injury. I mean, can they stay healthy? Uh, what are you going to get out of Akeem Hicks? Because uh, now you don't have an Adamican Sue. Is that an upgrade? Can he stay healthy? Right. Can a guy like Joe Tryon Shaika take that next step forward because they let go of JPP? Can uh, Shaq Barrett return to form? Can he return uh, and and have double-digit sacks. What about Levante David? He was only 60% last year. Can he stay healthy? And can Devin White take that next step of progression uh, for him uh, to be that player that we saw just a couple years ago in that postseason, especially versus the Saints? Last question, we'll get off the Bucks. Todd Bowles transitioned to head coach. Game management stuff, you know, New York, he didn't have a lot of talent. He's sure. come out and said this is the most talented team they've had since they've been in Tampa. Most depth, most, you know, everything. He thinks this is a better roster than the championship team that won the Super Bowl. Your 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 thoughts on his transition to head coach, going forward on fourth down, managing the de- – he's going to be calling the defense. So, again, how much time does that take away from his managing of the game and such? Your thoughts, Todd Bowles? Yeah, I mean, that's a big-time key. I mean, can he manage it? Uh, being a defensive coordinator is one thing. We've seen it before with Dirk Cutter. I'm not comparing the two. But it's very much a different story when you're a head coach in this league because you have to game manage, tall timeouts. You're running everything at that point, not just the defense. So you're hoping that he's able to do that. And then offensively, you know, what's the impact? Is he going to be no risk it, no biscuit? Is he going to run the ball more? Right. I actually think the offense may, a little, may be a little bit better because of his defensive mentality, and that may actually help out and make this offense more balanced, if you will, Jason Bowers. All right. So we all, I think we, I think again, I think we think both think the Bucks are probably the class of this division. Yeah. Uh, but, but let's get to, let's get to the Atlanta Falcons. Seven and ten last year. 
year two of Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Matt Ryan goes to Indianapolis in the trade. They bring in Mariota to kind of be the, the, the placeholder. They draft Desmond Ritter in the third round out of Cincinnati, who they have high hopes for. They draft Drake, Drake London, the receiver. You know, to me, this is a full rebuild. Not a lot to talk about here. Major rebuild in Atlanta. I think it's just a matter of time before Desmond Ritter gets in there. Your thoughts, Atlanta Falcons? I mean, you got Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's a big-time weapon at this point. You always have to watch out for him. Uh, Cordero Patterson was signed. Uh, he was surprising last year, not only as a wide receiver, but more than likely a running back. So it's not right. like they don't have some weapons. But anytime you have Marcus Mariota as your quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. So I would expect to see this kid uh, from Cincinnati eventually starting for them, especially in, if they're in the rebuild. I don't know what they're doing defensively. Right. Uh, they're in Atlanta. So you're exactly right. This could be a very, very rough year for Falcon fans. Let's don't spend a lot of time on the Falcon. Let's go to Carolina. Right. Big, big third year for Matt Rule. This is probably a make it or break it kind of year for Matt Rule. Five and 12 last year. Again, not that he has to win 10 or 11 games, but he's got to show some progress. You can't win five or six games again. They went out and traded for Baker Mayfield to team up with Sam Darnold. Mayfield wins the job. Darnold gets hurt late in preseason. He'd already been named the starter. Mayfield's going to be the starter. You know, they bring in uh, Deontay Foreman, uh, Christian McCaffrey back healthy. They lose Stephon Gilmore, Hassan Reddick. They they uh, they they draft the big tackle from NC State in the first round to help that offensive line. You sure to me, their defense is sneaky good. They were pretty decent last year on defense. Do you think Mayfield can be the difference maker to get them to eight or nine wins? Not sure. I'm really not sure, but I think he's an upgrade over Sam Darnold. That's for sure, and that's right. the reason why you make the trade in the first place. The big key for them is not only quarterback play. But can CMC stay healthy? We know when he can stay healthy, he's one of the most potent weapons in the league. So that's the big-time key. He was disappointing. And it seems like, Jason, ever since he got that big-time contract extension, his health has gone down. So if you can keep him healthy, they do have some weapons there. And we've seen Baker Mayfield play well in stretches. So I think it's an upgrade. They could be a sneaky team there that could you know, really sneak into possibly that second to third spot i more like wild card a six or seven wild card seat potentially i agree possibly yeah i mean like i said they got some weapons dj moore's a good receiver robbie anderson serviceable again McCaffrey can stay healthy again i think deontay foreman will be a good change of pace guy for McCaffrey to give him some a little bit of break he's a serviceable running back he showed some good good flashes in tennessee last year but again mayfield's going to be the key here if he plays well they got a chance to be competitive because this there are some you know Atlanta's very beatable. You can probably split with New Orleans. We're gonna get to. Don't know if you can beat the Bucks, but I think you can. You know, you, there's some opportunity here in the NFC for Carolina to play for that se- sixth or seventh playoff seed. Um, all right, let's go to New Orleans. Last team in the NFC South. New coach Dennis Allen takes over for Sean Payton. They go nine and eight last year. Sean Payton kind of retires. There's all the speculation with he and Brady might go to Miami. Is Sean Payton next in line in Dallas waiting for Mike McCarthy to implode? That's kind of all the rumor around the league. You know, Jameis Winston coming back from a major knee injury. What is, you know, we don't know what we know he's going to play, but we don't know who knows how healthy that knee is. You know, they bring in Tyron Matthew. They bring in Jarvis Landry, two LSU guys. They do lose, they do lose Teron Armstead, a big tackle to the Dolphins, big time left tackle. They draft Olave, the receiver from from Ohio State. Mike Thomas is back. He basically hasn't played in almost two years, which is crazy to think that he's been out that long. 
Is Jameis Winston the answer? They re-signed him two years. Do you think Winston's the answer in New Orleans? I'm not sure. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how many people can sit there and say they know without Sean Payton, right? right? And, you know, he was on track last year, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions before the injury, but they were limiting his passes down. So that right. was the key. Now, can they do the same thing? Alvin Kamara off the field looks like he's not going to be suspended until next year. He's still a weapon. You talk about Thomas, you talk about Alave. They draft him. They also got Jarvis Landry. So they feel like they're going to have the offensive weapons to compete with a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Defensively, they're still pretty good. But like you said, offensive line, uh, they've already lost Armstead to Miami, and they just lost uh, their tackle that they Penny. drafted. Penny. Right, for, for an extended period of time. So they're already getting off to a bad start. So yep. for me, I don't know what to expect with Jameis Winston. Okay, I just have no idea. And then you add on to it, no Sean Payton, not no, not so sure. You know, Peter King came out today and said, well, they're going to win the South and they're going to be 12 and five and the number one seed in the NFC. Wow. Look, you know, I don't understand it. King was a, a guy the just a couple of years ago that was saying, so what, so what? Jameis Winston threw for 30 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards, but he threw for 30 interceptions. What has changed? You know, the main thing has changed. Sean Payton isn't there anymore. So right. to me, I think New Orleans kind of, yeah, it goes into the background just a little bit. They still have some weapons there, but it's going to come down to quarterback play. And anybody's trying to convince me that they're going to be a better team without Sean Payton. I got oceanfront property in Arizona. Okay, <laughs> And also, same thing with the Buccaneers. Dennis Allen promoted from defensive coordinator. His second stint as a head coach. He, he was not very good in Oakland several years ago. Not all his fault, but again, record-wise, it was not very good. You know, he's been there. He knows that system. They like, they seem to like him there. So again, this is his, his opportunity to prove himself as a head coach and same deal. Will he be able to manage the team and not just the defense? And the big time loss is they actually traded Chauncey Gardner Johnson, which I couldn't believe he's a highly productive player. And uh, he's been a thorn in the buck side. He's now a Philadelphia Eagles. So do you think your defense is going to get better with the honey badger? I don't see it. So I think the Saints have lots of questions this year in 2022. All right, you listen to the Powers on Sports podcast. Peter Blake, host of the Sports Web, uh, is here with us. We're previewing AFC, NFC South. We just hit the NFC. Again, Powers on Sports presented by Beefo Brady's on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Definitely check them out. Brand new remodeled restaurant down there on Himes and Bush. TJ did a great job with his uh, renovation of the restaurant. I was in there last week. Beautiful. They got TVs galore. If you're looking for a place to go watch games on Saturdays and Sundays, highly recommend Beefs on uh, Bush and Himes for sure. You're going to have a great atmosphere. We're probably going to be there some uh, at some points this year doing some broadcasts for some uh, some of our stuff. So, Definitely uh, check out Beef's on uh, Beef O'Brady's on Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in the Forest Hills, part of Tampa. AFC, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff over there, man. Can't wait to get over there. Are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall? First time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation? Reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. 
reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Thanks to our partners at Print and our real estate agent, Star Alvarado. If you're looking for full-service print and banner and sign needs, reach out to Print. Print is located in Tampa off a of gun highway in Northdale, Mabry. Phone number 813-498-2887. Again, full-service print options available to you, banners, road signs, you know, corporate events, anything print-related, signs, banners, print is your outlet. Reach out to Todd Tedesco, my guy, 813-498-2887. If you're in the real estate market and you're looking to buy or sell a home, Star Alvarado is your agent. She can help you on the buying side as well as the selling side. She's a terrific agent located here in the Tampa Bay area. She can service you anywhere in the Tampa Bay area. Reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. AFC South, Peter Blake. Yes. Let's stay in state. Let's start Let's start with the dreads of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Urban Meyer experiment was a complete disaster last year. They end up 3-14. and 14. Doug Peterson's brought in as the new coach. First year, you know, Trevor Lawrence, again, I think it's a total throwaway year for Trevor Lawrence last year with all the stuff going on with Urban and company. You know, they, they signed Christian Kirk to a huge free agent deal, bring in Brandon Scherf from Washington. Um, they lose Miles Jack, lose DJ Chark. Their number one overall picks, kind of surprising. They take the kid out of Georgia, Trayvon Walker. You know, do you take him? Do you take Hutchinson? There was some debate about who you take. Um, just your thought, is it a full – Seems like it's a full reset in Jacksonville. They're starting over, trying to establish a new culture with Doug Peterson. I mean, when are they not full resetting there in Jacksonville? Uh, but it's got to be better than Urban Meyer, right? I mean, Doug Peterson has experience in this league, actually won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles in, what, 2017. Yep. You have a young quarterback. He has to take that next step. You have to throw away that year. Last year, you got Travis ATN possibly coming back in the fold, so you do have a little bit of weapons there, but – I just think you, if you can get five or six or even seven wins right. at this point, you're winning because, again, Jacksonville has lots of work to do. That's the reason why they drafted the kid out of Georgia. He's very raw. They're rebuilding. I don't think he's ready to play in this league, but they're able to give themselves a couple years for them to build on what they have there with some draft picks and develop, and, and that's what they're trying to do right now. So. With Trevor Lawrence, you know, very disappointing, but he wasn't helped out by the coaching there and right. then by the injury situation, but especially the coaching. So anything is better at this point than Urban Meyer. And I think Doug Peterson's professional approach is going to be much needed in Jacksonville. I think that I think I think they're going to win five or six games, but I think they're going to be a thorn in the side of some people, whoever they play. I think they're going to be much more buttoned up, professional. They may not win many more than five or six, but I bet they're going to be kind of like Detroit was last year in a lot of games. They might lose them late because of inexperience and, and youth, but I think they're going to be a pain in the neck to some people, especially in the AFC. So let's head to Tennessee. Mike Vrabel, 12-5 and five last year. The disastrous loss in the playoffs with, with Ryan Tannehill's performance to Cincinnati. Um, you know, they add Robert Woods. They add Austin Hooper, but a big loss in A.J. Brown. They trade A.J. Brown to Philadelphia more of a salary cap situation than I think talent. They get they get a nice haul back of draft picks. They lose Roger Saffel, one of their linemen. 
They draft Trayvon, Trayvon Burks, the receiver out of Arkansas, first round. They draft Malik Willis, maybe the QB of the future in the third round. Just your thoughts on the Tennessee. You know, obviously you got Henry. You got, you know, not a lot of skill guys outside of Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Well, yeah, Traylon Burks, who they're, they're depending on, if you will, Robert Woods coming off the injury. They hope that he can, you know, give them something. But I, I think it's make or break here for Ryan Tannehill, and I think that's the reason why you draft him in League Willis. Now, the question is, is the future now or is it in uh, the next couple of years here? Obviously, they're disenchanted uh, with Tannehill's play. And then defensively, you have a defensive tackle like a Jeffrey Simmons who yes. may be able to take that next step. One of the best, de- one of the best young defensive tackles in this Absolutely. league. Besides that, though, I-, I think it was disappointing that they lose in the first round and the way they lost. So still have Derrick Henry there. They're going to depend a lot on him. I took him as my number one running back, so I'm hoping that pays dividends. But the question is, once again, quarterback play. Uh, and when is the future for Mr. Willis? If Tannehill plays bad and he starts to struggle, uh, maybe he gets the cook. Uh, and we'll see what kind of loss A.J. Brown is to, like you said, that skilled position. And their defense was okay last year. They were average at best. A big loss in the last few days. Harold Landry, their big-time defensive end, blows his knee out in practice. He's done for the year. That's going to really hurt that pass rush. All, all more of the attention is going to go to Jeffrey Simmons. And again, to me, their their biggest issue is the passing game. Henry's going to be pretty decent in the running game. We know that. But can they throw the ball enough to get that eighth and ninth guy out of the box? Again, and they, are they good enough at wide receiver? With, other than Robert Woods, who's a good player but coming off an injury, are they good enough at wide receiver to, to open up that running game for Derrick Henry? I agree. absolutely agree with that. And I think that's the biggest question going in, as we always talk about, uh, you win with your quarterback, uh, you live with your quarterback, you die with your quarterback, and we'll see uh, if they're living or they're dying at the end of the year. <laughs> All right, let's go to Houston. Yeah. Our buddy Lovey Smith in charge. Yeah. He gets the, <laughs> he gets the job. They go 4-13 and 13 last year. You know, again, all the Deshaun Watson debacle, all that stuff is finally done. They get a haul of draft picks from Cleveland uh, to unload Deshaun, all that stuff, all that story going on with with Deshaun getting out of Houston. And and of all things, the first game he's he's unsuspended is week 13 at Houston, of all freaking things that the NFL does. He he goes back to Houston his first game back, which is crazy to think of of why the NFL – one way or another didn't either extend the suspension one more week or somehow figure out a way for that not to happen. Cause to me, that's, that's a disgrace for him to go back to Houston that first game. Um, you know, running back wise, it sounds like the kid from Florida, Damian Pierce is going to be their running back. You know, they draft Stingley, the cornerback out of LSU, Kenyon green offensive line, John Mechie, big time wide receiver from Alabama, but he has a unfortunate health issues that he has a cancer diagnosis. He's mm. not going to play this year. Just, a totally unlucky situation there. Um, obviously, Davis Mills is the guy they like. They like him at quarterback. They're going to give him another year to see where he's at. Just your thoughts on the Houston Texans. I mean, well, what's the worst team, uh, them or Jacksonville? I mean, they're rebuilding also. Davis Mills, that's the big-time question. Although he was surprising last year, played somewhat well. Uh, they still have Braden Cooks there, who's very productive. Like you said, the rookie Pierce out of Florida, can they get something out of him? And defensive, like Lovey Smith is a defensive guy. So can that defense improve? Can they build off of last year? Because they did have some good games, but they are a ways away 
from being in playoff contention at this point. And I think Jacksonville and Houston are basically going to fight it out for the seller in that division. The only, one thing I would say is, again, Houston will have a chance to win a couple games because Jacksonville's not very good. Yep. Tennessee's very gettable. They could probably split with Tennessee. Who's better, Houston. Jacksonville or Houston at this point? I think Jacksonville's actually I would better. give Jacksonville, yes. With Doug, right. Peterson, with Doug Peterson there in charge, I would give him the edge over Lovey Smith and Davis Mills. Right. Start, no doubt about it. No doubt. Right. Correct. All right, we're done with Houston. Nothing, nothing else to talk about with the Texans. We we think we think they'll be in the top five of the draft next year, no doubt. I mean, I definitely think they're going to be in the top five. And then on top of it, with getting all the draft picks from the Browns, yes. and you put yourself in a situation where the future is bright. So um, we'll see if they have the quarterback there because that's a big year for him. And if they don't, then we know that there's teams out there that have pushed the reset button and draft the quarterback. Very, right. And very well, maybe the Houston Texans year. After, if they don't feel like Davis Mills is the guy to get them there or he's the quarterback for them for the future, they may go out and draft somebody. And this is a big quarterback class coming out in college. You know, I have Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. You're going to have three or four big quarterbacks that will get drafted in the top. You know, Anthony Richardson, who we saw play for the Gators over the weekend. You're going to have this. This is going to be a big quarterback class. So there's going to be three or four guys available to, to Houston potentially in the top 10 if they're in the top 10. So, all right, let's go to let's go to Indianapolis. Yes. Uh, the team who we think is probably the best team in this division, them in Tennessee probably, but I think with the addition of Matt Ryan, again, Frank Reich, 9-8 and eight last year, the, the, the Carson Wentz experiment turned ugly at the end. They, they, blew the, they blew it the last two weeks of the season. Don't make the playoffs. You know, they bring in Matt Ryan. They bring in Stephon Gilmore. They bring in Ngakwe. They get rid of Wentz. You know, they, they've got Pittman. No more T.Y. Hilton, it looks like. They've been going through a, qu a quarterback carousel these last three years with old guys. Wentz, Rivers, now Matt Ryan. Do you like the Matt Ryan uh, marriage with Frank Reich? Yes, if they can protect him. If they can't, then they're in big trouble because, as we've said before, Matt Ryan can still throw the ball, but he's on somewhat of a decline. Though, he is behind one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. And with that being said, I think the Indianapolis Colts are probably the scariest team, not only in the AFC, but in the National Football League. You look at their moves, their defense is going to be improved. You talk about it, Gilmore and, of course, Nagagwe. Uh, and then you add a quarterback that is made can make those throws. And I think he's an improvement over a Carson Wentz. They believe that. And, of course, the player that could have been the MVP last year and a Jonathan Taylor really nice. showed out. So can he duplicate that success this year? If he can, the Colts are a dark horse as a Super Bowl contender. couple things here. One, the Colts were excellent at running the ball, but their pass protection was not great last year. Carson Wentz got hit a lot. I know part of that is probably him holding the ball too much, but they were not great in pass protection. They've got to be good in pass protection because they do not have elite wide receivers. Michael Pittman is the number one guy. He's good. Has he proven to be a number one yet? I don't know about that. You know, you got Alec Pierce they drafted out of Cincinnati who they think is going to be a player for them. My question for them is can they, if they're behind by 10 or 14 points, can they throw the ball 35 to 40 times and get back in the game with the wide receivers that they have and the tight ends they have? I mean, it's a great question, but don't you feel more confident with a Matt yes. Ryan than you feel with the Carson Wentz? And I think that's the that's the point. That's the reason why you're able to trade uh, the picks that you traded to the Atlanta Falcons to get a Matt Ryan, because you believe uh, that he's uh, a lot more capable as a starter yep. than a Carson Wentz. 
And in again, professional, he's not going to have any issues in the locker room with the mm-hmm. chemistry and all that. Here's the other sneaky, sneaky move that you got to think about. Defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus leaves to go to Chicago to be the head coach. Who takes over that defense? Will they be able to play to that same level that they've been playing the last couple of years with Eberflus calling calling the plays on defense? Certainly have the talent. You know, DeForest Buckner in the middle. You talk about it in the Gogway, Gilmore. Leonard uh, at middle, Leonard at middle linebacker. Yes. I mean, they have all the talent in the world. They really do. And a lot of people are just kind of overlooking them. But I'm telling you right now, don't overlook that team. That team is a dark horse. And if and you're right, if Jonathan Taylor stays healthy, look for another 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns out of him. He's on my fantasy team. He was my guy, my first-round draft pick. I, I, had, I had the number one overall pick. I took him number one overall, but he's he's a stud if you can keep him upright. So do we We think Indianapolis wins this division, Peter Blake? I do. I think the Colts win this division easily. Um, and, of course, you can't lose to Jacksonville on the last week Man. in order to clinch a playoff. That Man. was just embarrassing. So, to me, Indianapolis wins the division. You have Tennessee – uh, at second, and then everybody else follows. We talked about it. I think Jacksonville's third, and Houston, of course, finishes last. Maybe wrong about that. Maybe switched on that, but I yeah. think Jacksonville will be better this year. Anything again is better than Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, right back on the Fox broadcast for their for their pregame show, like yes. like you didn't miss a beat. That's right. incredible. That's just incredible. Kick, just go, just go kick a kicker. You know, just do that. Just oh my god, do that on the broadcast. Well, it seems like we both crazy. we both like Indianapolis and the Buccaneers to win the divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think? Do you think Indian Tampa? Or do, you, do we think they're both Super Bowl threats? Absolutely. I mean, anytime you got Tom Brady, and we say it all the time, you're a Super Bowl threat. And again, I do think this team is very talented. They just got to get some things. Some questions have to be answered. They have to get some players back healthy. Once again, you hope Godwin is 100%. You're not sure if he's going to be. Uh, And what's the impact of Julio Jones? What's the impact of that offensive line? What's the impact of Akeem Hicks on that defensive line? Does that defense get better? Does that team overall get better with the defensive mentality of a Todd Bowles? Well, great job, Peter Blake. I can't wait for this NFL season to start Thursday night and then in full force on Sunday. Peter and I will be here covering the league for you all year long. Again, we'll be at Beef O'Brady's. We'll be doing some other stuff. We'll be giving you out plenty of content. Peter, tell everybody where they can find you and your great show that you do multiple times a week as well. Well, hopefully this uh, tech can cooperate. We'll be on tomorrow night. We're usually on Monday and Wednesday nights on I Love St. Pete. It's the sports web, the evolution of sports talk television. Do three things. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. On Facebook and YouTube, like and subscribe to the sports web on all those platforms. And give Peter one more plug. He's going to be covering USF football a bunch of this year. He's also probably going to be covering the Buccaneers, home games and such. So, Peter Peter Blake is is shaking making some moves here in the Tampa Bay sports markets to keep up the great work, man. I look forward to us working together all year long here. We're going to give you some great content on this podcast, on the No Quarter Given podcast. So definitely go uh, subscribe, rate, and review to all of our podcasts, to all of our YouTube pages. I've got a YouTube page, Jason Powers Sports Channel, where you can see all these interviews will be as, on here as well for all the podcasts. Again, college also I'm, I'm the Florida Football Insiders is part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network, who's kind of quarterbacked by our buddy TJ Reeves from Buccaneers Radio. We've got nine different podcasts all over the country. So definitely check us out. 
Again, subscribe, rate, and review at JPost Sports on Twitter. Love to hear your feedback and your comments. And Peter Blake, I believe I'll see you on Sunday for Week One National Football League. Let's go! Let's go! We'll be right back. Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.